Hey, welcome to the Living the Dream podcast. This is your host, Timmy Douglas, and the goal of this podcast is to create a community that inspires action, accountability, celebrates progress, and helps people make the right connections to take that next step towards their dreams and goals. If you're looking for any one-on-one coaching to pinpoint your purpose and start taking steps in that direction, make sure to contact me on my website, workwithtimmydouglas.com, or on social media. On that note, let's get into the show. All right, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Living the Dream podcast. Today on the show, we have Gerard McCarthy, who is a rebel marketer of Brilliant New You, which is a rapid results coaching company. Gerard, how you doing? Great. Thank you for having me on your show. Of course. Thanks for coming on. And we like to jump right in. So if you could start with telling us a little bit more about yourself and what you like to do for fun, that'd be great. <laughs> a little bit about myself. Well, okay. Um, I'm going to jump back a little bit and say, look, um, I was actually born in Ireland. I spent, um, uh, that's where I went to school. And, you know, I I guess back in those days, I found that school and was a real challenge for me. I found it quite uh, difficult, to be honest with you. And the mindset of the people in those days was one of kind of fear and punishment. That's how they kind of seem to motivate you. And I guess in some ways, home life wasn't that much different. Um, you know, we, we don't, uh, the, 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 I guess the labels we have now or um, the awareness we have now has completely changed today. And back in those days, uh, uh, mental health and well-being wasn't really, you know, uh, things that were discussed. And so home life was in, in some ways um, was traumatic and uh, and stressful in many ways. Uh, the country itself in Ireland was going, you know, in a lot of turmoil. There was, um, you know, lots of conflict in, in, in parts of the country and unemployment was, um, was particularly high. And so there was, there was a real kind of challenging, were challenging times, I guess. Um, I guess it was a perfect breathing ground for disconnection um, and the total opposite to what we need as kids. Uh, you know, and I guess with, with a lack of connection, you lack purpose and meaning in your life. And I guess that's that's kind of what it was like for me. Um, one thing my parents did, though, was that they did instill in me uh, this idea of hard work. And if you could work hard, that would create an independence for you. Yep. Uh, from others around me, I got the idea that, I, um, you know, you work hard and you play hard. And then out of that, you would be able to fit in. And I had a real desperate need to belong. Like it, it, there was this sense of. I feel disconnected and uh, I was looking out there and I thought if I can belong to this group or that group, what we call a tribe today, I guess, then that's that's what I had this real need to to belong. And if I did all that, then everything would be okay. But, and to be honest with you, in those days, I had no clue about women. I had no clue about relationships. I had no clue about Sex, I guess. I had no clue about what it was like to be a solid person at home in myself. Um, what being a man meant in terms of masculinity or how to, you know, there was no such thing as uh, processing your own feelings. That just wasn't something that um, um, was even talked about. And but all I could see in those days was what I didn't want. I actually didn't know what I wanted, but I knew it was very clear what I didn't want. And I guess that's how I became a bit of a rebel in many ways. Um, it was it was probably against things. I don't want this. Um, I moved to Australia when I was 25. And that kind of changed. And I moved because I had a feeling like that I had to get away from the environment I was in. I came to Australia to say when I was 25 and it did change my perspective on things and uh, it opened up 
new new ideas to me and but then you know when I got to 30 I had the first major crisis in my life um um about who I am and what I wanted and how I was actually going to to live the rest of my life um and to be honest with you I was lost and in terrible shame and I was in shame because I didn't know how to fix it and I guess from there, I put my hand up and said, look, I need help. And I, that's when I kind of reached out and started getting professional help. Uh, and then, you know, to kind of move forward pretty quickly here, I started another business, which was a real estate business. And I did that for um, 20 odd years. And then I realized this was no longer satisfying my soul. And I sold it just before COVID. And yeah, so that's kind of brings me up to date. And then I started an, a company called Brilliant You, um, which we can jump into that in a minute. And what I do for fun, I'm a real outdoor person. Uh, I guess uh, I love soccer, playing football. I play it a couple of times a week, which keeps me fit. I've got a couple of dogs and I love walking my dogs. That takes a bit of time every day. But you know, I'll always do something outdoors, like whether it's swimming, whether it's running. Um, yeah, I've got to be outdoors to to kind of, yeah, keep me fit, I guess. Yeah. I love it. I love it. So let's see if I got this right. When you were growing up, you know, just the economy and the environment was in a pretty bad spot. And that led to disconnection, which ultimately led to kind of a lack of purpose. Despite all that, your parents instilled in you the ethics of hard work. And you kind of took that and ran with it. Um, but there was still that disconnection. And so when you were about 25, you moved because you knew you needed to leave your environment. And right then, is that when you kind of made your way into the real estate space? And then you did that for about, you know, the past 20 years or so. And um, now you're moving on to this coaching thing because it fulfills your soul. Is that kind of a good? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's pretty good to me. Yeah. That's, that's pretty good summary. Um, yeah. I love it. I love how you um, didn't let that disconnection and lack of purpose stop you. And around that time you were 25, you realized, I don't know how to be a man. I don't know how to love people. I don't know how to like feel my emotions. And it's cool that even growing up in that environment, you became aware enough to make those shifts. And I'm assuming you've made those shifts by now, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, <laughs> yeah, I I have done. And that, that took hard work to be honest with you to do it but yes i mean it's it's i guess instead of looking for things externally to to make you okay you eventually gotta do that 180 degree turn and go on an inward journey and yeah. that's that's that changes everything it changed everything for me to be honest yeah I love it. Yeah, that emotional intelligence growth is so key. Like I would say I first learned about just loving people in general. Like I, I would say I didn't really like anybody. I didn't really love anybody before the age of 18. And then when I was 18, I was just so miserable. And I kind of did a similar journey, which was really just the beginning for me. Like I'm still very much in the middle of it, but love became a thing in my life <laughs> at like 18, 19. I started realizing, oh, I can be vulnerable and I can empathize with other people. And these are just things that I'm going to need to develop and work on myself to kind of get to that. But I feel you on the emotionally tumultuous childhood because I had some of that myself. Mm, awesome. Tell us a bit more about your motivation. What really gets you up and keeps you going every day? And then we'll jump into hearing a little bit more about Brilliant New You. Look, that's a great question. What motivates me? Well, I guess... Um... I was thinking about a question and a few years back, if when, when I was disconnected from myself or I kind of lost direction, I realized that I had to do a lot of things to motivate myself. There was a, there were, you know, you had to, to kind of like motivate yourself really to get going. But now that I'm found, you know, that I am connected with myself and while I continue to work on this, the more connected I am with myself, there's almost like an inner, an inner motivation that happens automatically. I don't even have to think about it. It's, you know, I'm up early in the morning and I love life. And that 
that just seems to kind of drive me. It's like that, you know, like when you take a young child that's happy, they just jump out of bed because they're kind of going, what's the, <clears throat> what's the day going to bring me? And I feel a little bit like that. Uh, I guess if I was to say, if there was something more, if there was something beyond that, what motivates me is that I guess I did, I guess for a long time I believed I wasn't okay, that there was something wrong with me. And through this journey of, of you know, getting to know myself, I realized, even though people tell you you're okay, um, the real belief down, you know, if you go really into it, is that you were, you aren't. And my, what I want for other people that feel like that is that they understand that absolutely are okay. It's, there's a whole bunch of things around them that that makes them think that they're not okay. And I would like to help them to connect with, oh, I am actually okay. I'm a bit maybe fragmented in some ways. And if I can connect those pieces back together, then um, they will be whole. They will feel whole again. And that's what motivates me if I can help, you know, if throughout my day, if I can help one person to feel that they're absolutely okay, then I feel I've done a good job for that day, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. Tell us a bit more about how Brilliant New You is helping you do that. So what is the day-to-day -day look like? And then what's your vision for the company and your life? Okay. So look, I guess the problem is I work with business owners, small business owners in particular. And I guess the problem is there are business owners out there who thought that their businesses were going to, was going to be exciting, fulfilling, and rewarding, like giving them the keys to um, financial independence, happiness, and freedom. Um, but that's not actually happening. <laughs> they're, they feel like that they're trapped, that they're frustrated. Um, they feel like really stuck in the rat race. And when they look around, they start comparing themselves to everybody else and they feel that everybody else is doing so much better than them. And inside in their minds, like they're starting to lose it. They're, they feel like every day is like Groundhog Day. And they're often asking themselves the question, is this all there is? And in particular, if they've been in business 10, 20 years, the, these are the kind of questions that they're asking themselves. And they're really actually burnt out and they're quite disillusioned in some way. And they, they then start to ask themselves, when did this all st stop working? What, where did it all go wrong? And they're going, like, everything has changed. And they're kind of asking themselves, what do I want? You know, what do I want now? And, and they've tried so many different things, and they, they don't seem to be working. And then they look out at all the trainers and coaches out there and they're thinking, these, these people don't get me. Like this, they even are angry with them. Um, they're kind of wondering, what the heck am I doing? Maybe I should just get a job, maybe as a delivery driver or an Uber driver or something like that. And then I wouldn't have any you know, responsibility for cash flow, for staff, for whinging clients. I'd have a much simpler life. And you know what? Ultimately, to me, what they do is they feel they're feeling embarrassed and that they're a failure. And the partner, their spouse, used to believe in them, but now when they look in their eyes, they know that they don't anymore. And this is what they think. This is what's actually going on inside them. And what I do is this: first, we work with them and look at how it all went astray, where it all went wrong. And then we show them how to, uh, I guess, get clarity, focus, inspiration, and meaning. And I show them how to find their excitement again and how to become the person they were truly meant to be, which means they now live a life of inspiration where they feel uh, confident in who they are and what their purpose is. And more importantly, how they're actually going to get it. And they're now able to reconnect with their family in a way that the partner 
not only respects them, but actually adores them because now their communication is working at 100%, if that makes sense. And with their children, they're no longer snapping at their children. They're actually able to um, contribute to their children and be present. And so what we do is we take that, I guess, really in some ways depressed, frustrated victim of a person um, to become that person that changes their life and they actually take other people with them, like they actually start to lead and have them find a career and business that they want. They have the relationships that they've always, I guess, dreamed about. And we do this in a program that takes about eight weeks and it's called the Burnt Out to Brilliant Program or what we call the Rapid Results Program. And just if anybody wants to connect with me, my website is called Decide to be you.com.au and we offer a free one hour coaching session there as well. Mm, I love it. So you're taking these people who have kind of lost the energy and hope that their business initially gave them and lost themselves in the process. And then you're helping them rediscover themselves, rediscover that energy, which in turn improves their relationship, not only with themselves, but with their spouse and with their kids. Absolutely. Yeah, great. I love it. And so in that eight-week program, are you diving into where their sales went wrong, how they could tweak their marketing, or is it more like a clarity, focus, execution type of like, what does the eight weeks look like? If you had to give us a broad overview, you don't have to go into great detail about it. Sure, sure. Okay. So basically, uh, I mentioned earlier the 180-degree turn. So what most of these, they've been in business most of these people have been in business 10 or 20 years. And yes, you can tweak the marketing and all that. But what's missing, and as, as, as you know, is that if you don't have, um, if you're not connected with your passion and, and your soul, no matter what you do, it ain't going to work. Like it eventually is the wheels are going to come off. Yep. But if you're, if you're, if when you, when you say it to somebody, um, you know, this is your business and you see them light up, like you see a sparkle in their eyes, then that business is going to be successful. But if it's not, no matter how much, you know, they might get away with it for a while, but unless they've got that sparkle, nothing's going to work. So what we work on is, I guess, what I call the four anchors, which is their head, their heart, uh, their health and their soul. And so I guess it's basically three things. is like, who am I? What do I want? And how am I going to get there? So who am I? It's actually who, like, really, who am I? It's the story of them. It's like, um, know yourself first, I guess. That's really what we work on. And then from there, secondly, it's what is your purpose? And your purpose is often in, uh, I guess, your pain, like what what conflict you've had in your life or what what challenges you've had. And if you're a lot of people try to disconnect from that, like get away from it. What we feel is you'd actually need to go back in there and find your purpose within that, if that makes sense. And the other things, the sales and the marketing and all of that, they're kind of secondary. Does that make sense? It does. It makes perfect sense. It's something like I've experienced, like I'm only 23. I, I don't have tons of experience in business, but even going from like different jobs or trying to do different ventures, the only thing that has stayed consistent is this podcast. And it's because it resonates with me. And yes. I really love helping people go towards their dreams and goals. And so that sentiment of, yeah, you can get with you can try to do the sales and you can try to do the marketing and you could do this stuff, whether you're selling insurance, whether you're selling real estate, whether you're selling uh, gym memberships or supplements, whatever it may be. Like you can learn sales, you can learn marketing, but if you hate supplements, <laughs> you're, it's just not going to like, it's not going to vibe with you because you're going to self-sabotage all along the way because you're not allowing your genuine nature to come out in what you're doing. So I, I think absolutely, I absolutely. You've just said it there because what actually uh, this is an energy game in the end. We're, we're, and if I remember when I was in sales and when I really loved it, 
And when you rock up to somebody's house selling, you know, to to try and list their house, your energy was that of like there's a real joy about it mm-hmm. in some way. But when you're feeling down and you're feeling you've lost interest in this, the, no matter how much um, you can't hide, the, the energy is transferable. And you may not know why you didn't get the business and nobody may be able to explain, but I think it's because the energy was missing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I've heard some people talk about sales as a transference of energy and just like life and law of attraction and vibration and like understanding that, I mean, even if you don't want to get all woo-woo, like you only see the stuff you're able to think about. So a quick example of this is like when you buy a new Toyota, like you're going to see a lot more of that model car, but it's only because it's entered your reticular activating system. And it's the same thing with everything in life. And so I think it's so... You're just spot on when you talk about it being an energy game in that way. I love it. Well, awesome. So we understand a little bit more about the eight-week program. We understand about the rapid results and what you're getting. But what is your vision for the company? How many people do you want to impact? Where do you want this to go? Uh, Tell us a little bit more about that. And also, any other dreams or goals that you have for your life? Okay. Look, when it comes to dreams and goals, it's, you know, I've kind of worked with lots of trainers and coaches and 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 I think it's great that they kind of talk about dream big and 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 all of that but I guess uh and I what I used to find is that somehow I would actually start to disconnect with myself when you start to dream too big because and not, not, I'm not against having a big vision but what I am for is what I realize for myself is that I, and I mentioned earlier about the four anchors, which is my head, my heart, my health, and my soul. And if I'm connected with those, like for my, from the dream of my life, if I could say at the end of my life, I really nailed those four things, which I don't think is possible to completely nail them, but I think it's possible to get better and better at it. And if I was successful in all of those areas, then I would feel that I've had a successful life. Now, okay, if I was to take that to the next level and or, or beyond that, do I have other dreams? Yes, I'd love to um, impact, you know, um, 10,000 people with believing in themselves that they are, uh, that they are brilliant. And, you know, I've, you know, it would be great to do, you know, uh, you know, talks to a thousand people or even an occasion, maybe 10,000 people. That would be awesome. However, I'm not attached to those dreams. Like that would be, that would be, yeah, that'd be pretty cool. That'd be great to actually achieve this. Uh, but more importantly, as I say, is that, that I, I am connected to myself and I don't give my, power away in the process if that makes sense yeah that makes perfect sense it's kind of right in line with your whole coaching program so it'd be kind of strange if it wasn't like that right like the whole idea of authenticity and getting that good energy like the only way you're going to do that is to be connected to those four anchors so i completely agree and i think that's awesome just curious though yep what are the top one to two skills that you think you need to develop right now to be better connected with yourself on a head, heart, health, or soul level? Mm, good question. Uh, I guess um, the skills are to get comfortable with, with, to get more comfortable with risk-taking and being uncomfortable uh, and accepting that failure is, is part of the journey and and not to identify with the failure like it's it's when you have when you have low self-esteem or low self-worth whenever anything goes wrong you're identified with it as opposed to oh i've tried this it didn't work let's try something else if that makes sense mm-hmm. so the, the the skills for me is is uh i guess um Yes, get uncomfortable with taking risks. Get comfortable with taking risks and that if if they fail, that's okay. There we go. There we go. Yeah. What are the highest impact 
daily actions that you can take to tick the needle forward towards being more connected with those four anchors? Okay. So the, the first thing for me is, is uh, what I do is I get up at 5 a.m. And I that first hour of the day, I it's it's almost like I, I spend that hour refocusing on on those four things and it's it's a really it's it's a it's a time of the day that i really enjoy like it's it's a time for me and there's nobody else up there's no you know everything else around me is really quiet and as long as i keep developing that it keeps aligning me with it's like a realignment process each day i guess that's probably the um yeah, that's how I'd answer that if that makes yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And what character trait do you most need to develop right now to make your dream life to be connected with those four anchors come true, more true? Yeah, I was thinking about that. And I I think the biggest challenge is staying in my power, not to give my power away and stay solid. And and what so if you think about it for most people they get up in the morning they turn on the tv or the radio and they're kind of there's three things happen straight away that if you don't own your story three things will actually try and take it over immediately which is the medium uh as in the news industry social media and uh, or the advertising industry and they will tell you what you need or what's wrong with you that morning and it sets up your tone for the day whereas and because of my background how i grew up i was used to giving my power away because it was that's what you did you kind of saw out there i must be not okay so everything else out there is okay and it's almost like every day i've got to practice that reconnection and and staying solid otherwise you just give yourself away to you start comparing yourself to others mm-hmm. and it's it's and that creates a disconnection i guess yeah yeah absolutely so kind of staying solid maintaining that authenticity but owning your story is like the key thing. yes and if you don't own your story somebody else will will create one for you yeah i love it if there were one or two people that you could meet right now, and this might be a strange question for you to answer, but I'm curious how you do. If there are one or two people you can meet right now, it could be a specific person or a type of person, and they'd really help you take that next step towards reconnecting and staying connected, becoming more connected with those four anchors. Who would that person be and how would they help you? Mm, fantastic question. Okay. So I was thinking about this and if I was and uh, the type of I'm going to go that first of all, I said the type of person because the person is not dead, but the person that comes to mind to me every time I think of this, who would I have? And I can't even get emotional about this, but who would I like to have sat down with and had a had a, a conversation with? It would be Nelson Mandela. Mm. And the the. Um, so he, he would be the type of person, but if they're there. Our, and the reason I would have liked to have sat down with him is that I'm like I was always impressed with this thing of where when he left prison and he said that he forgave the the guards, the prison guards immediately, and people were always wondered by that. And he says that well, if I didn't forgive them, I'd be taking prison home with me, and that mentality and understanding to um, to even. To even have that kind of consciousness just blows me away. Yeah. Um, and I also find that found with Nelson Mandela, he was a rebel, but the thing that kind of I liked about him is that he wasn't a rebel against things, he was a rebel for things. And that is amazing. Yeah. Whereas I think a lot of business people, like or a lot of us grow up thinking. We're a rebel, but we're a rebel against things. And I think that's why a lot of businesses fail. Like they work really well initially, but 
we become a rebel against something as opposed to being a rebel for something. And that was why I thought Nelson Mandela was awesome because he was never against the people that we could easily see were trying to hurt him. Mm -hmm. He was a rebel for positivity and moving forward, which included these people that we could he could quite easily make as an enemy. Yeah. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. That makes and in that, his inclusiveness to me made him the ultimate leader, the ultimate, you know, fantastic person on the planet. Um, that all said, there are a whole bunch of people I would love to sit down with and have coffee with and, you know, kind of, uh, there's a great Irish poet called Padraigo Tuma. He's a theologian and a mediator. I would love to sit down and pick his brains and ask him about about life and because he was a, a mediator while Northern Ireland um, during the peace process in Northern Ireland um, and I'm fascinated in how his mind works um, yeah so uh, there are a few people like Teal Swan, Byron Katie uh, Matt Can, more I can't even pronounce his surname as a uh, God that Godat, more Godat, um, and maybe Russell Brand. It would be some people I wouldn't mind having a coffee with. Gotcha. There we go. Um, something you said about Nelson Mandela really resonated with me, how he was a rebel for something, not against something, and that most people are a rebel against something. How do you think we make that internal switch to be more like Nelson Mandela and be a rebel for something as opposed to being a rebel against something? Yeah, awesome question. Uh, I guess, how do we make that switch? Um, I think that is about the journey to yourself. Because when you're against something, uh, you're focusing outward and you're making everybody else wrong. Like yep. they're, whereas when you connect with yourself, you kind of start to realize that the planet's traumatized. <laughs> Everybody is traumatized in some way. And as and they're doing the best they can. They may be expressing it in a really crappy way, but they're doing the best they can with, with the tools that they've got and with the perspective they've got. Um you know, if you grow up with a lot of violence, what are you going to do? The probability is you're going to work, react to the world in a violent way. It may not be physically, but you're um, you're going to bring a violent energy to the world in some way. But if somewhere along the line you get to change your perspective uh, and see it from a different way, then that's where you go. You realize, oh, actually, what I want for myself. And what I want for others is to move forward in a positive way. So now I'm 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 angry for positivity. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. No, I hope yeah. That, that makes perfect sense. I like that focus outward versus focus inward. Get to yourself. And then you're gonna know like what you're really for. Like you can yeah. only be against something when it is like an outward thing that you're against, but I feel like there's something inside each of us that we're inherently for. Yes. And when you get to that point and you get to focusing on that, which is funny. Cause like you said, with Nelson Mandela, the thing that he is for easily could have painted people as enemies, but his focus was so intensely, like he was so connected to himself. His focus was so intensely on what he is inherently for that he didn't have time to think about what he was against because that's not necessarily helping you get to what you're for. Um, I just thought that was really cool. Yeah, but in that, and to add to what you're saying, it actually included them. Yeah. So not alone was it not against him, but it actually included him. So eventually he won his enemies over. They weren't even his enemies. He didn't see them as enemies. They saw him as an enemy, but he won them over because he was inclusive. Mm -hmm. And that's that's just magic. Yeah, it's incredible. <laughs> it's incredible. Well, awesome. Now we're going to jump into the thriving three. So the first question is, what's your favorite book, movie, or podcast? Pick one. Okay. 
Um, I'm going to go with my favorite book. Um, do you, have you heard of David Data? I've not. Okay, so he wrote a book called The Way of the Superior Man. Mm. And um, not superior as in better than, but I guess superior in yourself, like mm -hmm. to be the best of yourself. And basically, it's a spiritual guide to um, how to deal with the challenges of, of um, men, work, and sexual desire. And it was a book that I read maybe 14 years ago. And it, it just made sense of masculinity, femininity, how it works together and how, and you may not even like what he says in the book, but it's one of those things that gives you another perspective about life. And uh, I, yeah, that's that's the book I'm I'm going to run with because I felt it again. It's, it's a person that included every. I think, yeah, he's quite inclusive in his thinking about men, work, and sex. And I so there's basically, um, I felt what he gives you is permission to be a hundred percent yourself, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Dang, maybe I need to pick up that book. I've, I feel like I've heard the title a couple times, but never, never picked it up. So awesome. What is one way you like to take care of yourself? To take care of myself? Um, I try my best not to eat processed food. And because as fast food is so easy to come by, um, I, I, I eat a plant-based diet now and yeah, if I the, the, if I can avoid processed food, it's it's not always easy, but that's that's a one way I like to take care of myself. Do you avoid sugar as well? No, I don't. Not no, I don't. Uh, I no, I don't avoid sugar. I avoid uh, oil though, and gotcha. cooking with oil and um, yeah, that's a little bit controversial. People go what, <laughs> but. It's something that I have, um, uh, I find that oil is in all our foods, all processed foods, and I try to avoid, and I try to cook without um, uh, oil as well. Do you like put butter in there, or how do you like smooth the pan out? Well, that's a good question. I don't use butter, I use water. Just I use a nonstick, if, if, if I was frying something, I use a nonstick pan with just a little bit of water. And it is amazing what actually, yeah, it's fine, it, it, no problem. Yeah, and it's much, and it's much healthier for you. So that's my belief anyway. So <laughs> love it, love it. And what is one action step you can take right now or continue to take if you're already doing it to meet somebody like Nelson Mandela? Maybe not Nelson himself because he passed away, but somebody like Nelson. What action step? I guess um, I'm going back to Ireland in, in May next year, and I'd like to if, see if I could maybe meet this poet, Padraig Tuma, and I guess reach out, start asking people, did I know him, how I could meet with him? Um, either, yeah, I guess start uh, sending some emails and um maybe find out where he's actually speaking and yeah, go to an event maybe and see from there. That, yeah. There we go. All right. We got our final series of questions now, and these can get a bit personal. So if you want to mm -hmm. pass on any of them, just be like, I'm a pass and I'll be like, mm -hmm. okay, cool. All righty. The first one is what's one limiting belief that continues to pop up in your life. If any. Okay. I, the one that I kind of keeps popping up is probably I'm I'm not okay. Like if I drill down and I go, it all comes back down to the same limiting belief. I'm not okay. Yeah. There we go. Do you have any limiting actions that reinforce this limiting belief? They can be actions or inactions that you take as a result of the belief to this day, either daily, weekly. Maybe you do it once a year, but you know that every now and then you'll do this one thing. 
and it's a limiting thing for you. I yeah, I guess I can procrastinate. I can get into letting myself off the hook instead of um or get distracted, allow myself to get distracted when I'm when I when I when I know I need to be focused. That and uh okay. So what I think it is is this the when that comes up and it comes up less and less, but it does come up, is that there is work to be done. There's internal work to be done. And what actually happens, and that's uncomfortable, because even though it's when you do the work, it's awesome, because you've now a little bit more freer. But the 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 it's a bit like going to doing any exercise. There's a part of you wants to avoid it, but once you just start, it's actually awesome. Mm-hmm. But there's a little bit of you kind of going, oh, I don't feel like it today. Um, you know, for whatever reason, it could be too cold, it could be too hot, whatever you're telling yourself, but you're kind of avoiding it. But then when you just jump in, you go, what was it? Why was I avoiding it? I love this. Yeah. But there's there's work to be done when that limiting belief. It's my internal system saying, Hey, there's an energy block in you, and it's time to kind of work with it. Yeah, it's almost like it's a garden to be tended to and if you don't tend to it weeds will grow is how it almost feels because you can you can deal with a limiting belief and then it'll either you know you make your garden bigger you expand your life and that limiting belief starts to pop up again or you just go too long without journaling without meditating without doing your morning routine without refocusing and that's like boom weeds popped up and limiting beliefs are there again it's like it seems like it's a garden that needs to be tended to with like daily action and kind of diligence yeah nice description there yeah yeah that was a a new thought i had when you were talking about it and i've talked about this a lot but that's the first time i've had that thought <laughs> so that great great description yeah there you go well if you were to change your limiting belief the i'm not okay into an abundant phrase that really spoke to your heart what would that phrase be okay this is uh, uh, um okay so i guess my company is is called brilliant you and it would be to kind of use that mantra with myself i um i am brilliant now in saying that i kind of don't believe in mantras <laughs> in a more sense in that in that i think they're good in that it's a reminder okay but what I was saying earlier, what it really means is there's work to be done. And I can say all the mantras in the world, but unless I actually go and do the work of you talked about journaling and um, doing your morning meditations, unless I do that stuff. But when I'm when this stuff is triggered, it's you gotta go in there and find what what's beneath the trigger. And that's where you I I would if I would do a process on myself and I've got a few processes that I would, that I do with clients, but I also need to do them on myself so that I go in there, I investigate it and connect with that energy block and release the energy block. Yeah. I like that. Then, oh. yeah. No, go for it. Go for it. So, and then the mantra works. It then works. Then, then it adds to it. But prior to that, it's a bit like trying to put a plaster on 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 something that needs more than it needs it needs a stitch or something. The plaster's not really gonna help. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I really like that focus on the work because Alex Hormozzi, he said a similar thing where he was like, All these people who like doing these affirmations, I'm not saying affirmations have never worked for anybody because you have a ton of people saying affirmations have worked for them, but they just didn't work for him. And they didn't work because when he was like looking in the mirror saying, I'm a billionaire, he would see in his bank account that he's not a billionaire. And so you have the Bob Proctor statement of like, I am so happy and grateful now that insert goal in the present tense. And I like kind of added what Alex Hormozzi said about adding work to mantras by saying, I am so happy and grateful now that, insert goal in the present tense because insert your kind of why or your motivation 
and then say, I know that this because insert the work you need to do to actually get to that goal. And so I really like that you had the emphasis on the work because it's like, if you say the mantra, I am brilliant, but you don't let your brilliance shine because you don't do the work to let it shine. Um, you know, it's, it's never going to come to fruition. So I like that a lot. Indeed. Awesome. Well, we got one last question for you. And I want to frame this next question. Um, Alex Hormozzi, actually, who I just love that guy. He's such a beast. Um, he said that the difference between manipulation and help is intent. And I think his point here is that you are influencing people in both situations, but manipulation is about getting somebody to do something you want them to do, while help is about seeking to understand what somebody else wants and then helping them get there. This question is more about help. We don't try to manipulate people. So there's a common saying that you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. I actually found out from Dr. Alan Leica, who was a guest on the show, that you can't get a horse to drink. You just salt its oats. Now, think of a person with a fixed mindset, not willing to accept help, not willing to accept change, but they hate their life. How do we create an environment around them? Not to make the decision for them, but to salt their oats and help them change their life. Wow, 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 wow. What a question. Um, okay. That is that statement. I mean, there's a whole book there. I mean, that's <laughs> that's and when you get to the end of the book, you you're going, actually, I haven't come to a conclusion here. Yeah. <laughs> the only conclusion I've come to is that both points of view are really interesting. <laughs> um uh, and 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 I hope this debate goes. I think it's a great question, and I hope you keep asking that question forever because the question is worth asking forever. Um, because you could answer at different points in your life, you would answer it in different ways. And I think with different clients, you could say, um, uh, you could say what Doctor Allen said was correct, and then with a different client, you could say what Alex um, said was correct, and. The and I've had experience with both that I've pushed a client that I shouldn't have pushed, and I have not pushed a client that, in hindsight, it was like, oh, maybe I should have pushed them a bit more. So I think in the end of the day, okay, for me, there's there's two parts to this. When I'm taking on a client, I ask them a series of questions which. Basically, what I'm looking for is their hell, their suffering. And I want them, I want to I want them to understand or to tell me and paint a picture specifically what their hell is like, what it's costing them, and what is their life like because of the problem and how it makes them feel. And then I'll push them a bit further, like into, into the feeling of it and the cost of not changing it. And I'll get them to paint that picture. And once they've painted that picture, I then want them to paint their paradise for me and, and their goals and what it is specifically that, um, why they want this goal and also, who else is going to stand to benefit from their goal? And then I will look at how that makes them feel. And then I'll wind up the feeling of that and ask them why this is a must for them. And then once they've done, they've created both pictures, I will then ask them, do they want to change? And if they hesitate and they, they are, are it, it, okay, they will know if they want to change, then I know I can work with them. If they're still unsure, then is a real warning sign for me that I that not to work with them as a client. Unless they're willing to change, I'm just going to create all sorts of problems down the track. Now, that said, if I take on a person as a client and they have agreed that I can challenge them, and that I can confront them because that's what they want, then there will come a point during the process that I will say to them, hey, do you remember we had this discussion and we're at a point right now where 
I think you might have a bit of a blind spot. Is it okay that I can now challenge you? And if they say, yes, okay, now let's salt the oats, um, then I've already got the permission to do it. Yeah. And then I will do it. But I think there's, we've got to be, on the end of the day, and actually I'll go back to the, the, the David Day, the, the way of the superior man, he actually said one time in, in a talk he gave is like, who am I ultimately to change that bitter, twisted person of a man who maybe that's his, his chosen way to come on earth, that he wants to experience that on this time on earth. Who am I to tell him that he's wrong? And I thought, okay. This isn't simple. There is no simple answer to that question. And that's why I love the question, because it keeps us on our toes that, well, I don't actually have the right answer. Like, I would become arrogant if I could answer that question. That's how I feel. If I can answer that question, go, this is the right answer here, then I would feel that I'm actually being arrogant in some way because I'm disrespecting the person in front of me. Yeah. Does that... Yeah. Does that help? Does that answer the question <laughs> without answering it? Yeah, no, I think um, I think it answers the question a lot. I think there are some methods that you can implement, but ultimately when it comes down to it, you're dealing with an individual and that intense desire to understand them and then endless effort to understand them, I think is the only way you can really create that environment. And just sometimes people, I think the key to this, like somebody gave me an answer. It was like, just love people. And loving people really includes loving them where they're at. And so you may want a different thing for them, but if they want that for themselves, you still have to be okay with loving them. I feel like that is one of the hardest parts of just human existence, just really die, like dying to ourselves and loving people despite them not really fitting into our mold of society. And that's where, you know, that's where our own growth happens. That's where you get to, you get to, Make that 180, turn the mirror back on yourself because there's some pain in you if you're not able to love, you know, as a human can. Yeah, great. That's that's really nice the way you've kind of added to that. I, I really like it. Yeah, man, I really like your energy. It's, it's, it's really cool. Yeah, really good stuff. Awesome, Gerard. I, I love your energy too, man. Thanks for coming on the show. That's all we got for you. Oh, wow. It's a, it a real pleasure. And yeah. Congratulations on your podcast. That's that's awesome. Good work there. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that a lot. And um, yeah, if you guys are listening to this and you loved what Gerard had to say, make sure to check him out. All the links to do so will be down in the show notes. If you or somebody you know would benefit from that eight-week program that he has, make sure to check that out. And there's a free hour session, right? Absolutely, yes. There we go. The links to get to that free hour session and the eight-week long sprint of getting quick results uh, will be down in the show notes. Thank you guys for listening. We will see you on the next one. And on that note, we're out. Guys, thanks for listening. Make sure to reach out to our guests and help them accomplish their dreams and goals if you resonated with them. If you're looking for any intentional masterminds or one-on-one -on -one coaching to accomplish your dreams and goals, make sure to check out the website, workwithtimmydouglas.com and contact me either there or on social media. That's all I got. Have a blessed day.